The Seventh Rotation is a podcast committed to advancing Summit League Volleyball and commending its student-athletes on their accolades and devotion to the sport. This podcast is hosted by Maddie Boston and Joel Kaskinen. We're back for the second time this week, and if you're still here, we commend you because we be a whole lot. We be a whole lot. We be a whole lot. We also have a whole lot for you today. We're going to start with NCAA highlights. We'll talk summit recap. We have players to watch, our typical, usual good lovely stuff we also have not one but two interviews for you today so if you are a volleyball fan in the state of north dakota this one's for you because we have both north dakota state head coach jennifer lopez and north dakota head coach jesse tupac not in that order though they're actually switched i don't know why i said them in that order um it's gonna be jesse first and then j-lo maybe we'll change it up i don't know Maybe it'll be the other way around. I want you to listen to the whole damn episode. So maybe I, I, I don't know. Maybe uh, someone else is going to show up too. I have no idea. Listen and find out. What if we had a surprise guest come on? That would be so cool. Like, who would it be though? Well, actually, like, we shouldn't say it. I don't know. Then, you know. I just made that up just real quick. Like, we're pulling a real Ellen DeGeneres. Like, I have a surprise for you, and then it's not. There's no surprise. Correct. One of my um, favorite comedians, her name's Tig Notaro. She did that. She was like, I think it was the Indigo Girls. She kept going on and on and on her Netflix special about the Indigo Girls. Mm-hmm. Like, here's here they are, and they weren't there. And then after oh, like well. ten minutes of this, they were there, and it was great. I love that. Doesn't and she host were- a podcast too? Yes. I would have to look it up to tell you what it's called, but yeah. I don't know what it's called either. I just feel like I've heard her like come on as like advertisements in other podcasts that I've listened to. So like where in the world is Tig or life according to Tig or something. That sounds accurate. I sometimes know what I'm talking about. Hello. <laughs> <LOL. laughs> Um, before we talk about anything, this is going to surprise Joel because it's not in our notes, um, but I am calling an audible. We want to point out an organization called Her Turn, South Dakota, started by um, Maya Selland and Tori Nelson, who are both on the South Dakota State women's basketball team. They have started this foundation to give young female athletes in the Brookings and surrounding areas in South Dakota opportunities to compete in sports. So what it is, is basically a scholarship fund um, that will let these girls attend camps on SDSU's campus for volleyball, soccer, basketball, 
all the good things. I personally think it's really cool. Um, you know, the reason they have their many own reasons for starting it, but one of the things that they have pointed out is that girls drop out of sports at like double the rate that guys do. And they also have like, I might get the stats wrong. I think it's like one in four opportunities or something like that. Don't quote me on that stat. I actually should have looked that up. Um, but anyway, you get the point. Obviously, women's sports have not been around as long. That's why they're doing this. They want to give young girls opportunities. So I will have um, all of the details for you on that, either on Twitter or on our website, and we'll get that out to you guys so that you know how you can help, how you can be involved, and just keep an eye on that because we think that's cool. Let's also put it in the show notes. We can do that. Great. I'm going to record a little... um, We don't have advertisements. We're not sponsored by anybody, but I'm going to record a little thing that we'll play in every show about their stuff, just like in between segments so that it's always there for our listeners to go back to. Awesome sauce. Okay. Let's talk NCAA highlights. Let's do Um, it. All we really have to say is that there are some super important upcoming matches Tonight at six, Louisville and Georgia Tech will play each other. Louisville is five and Georgia Tech is 13. This is big as far as the ACC tournament goes. Um, After Louisville and Georgia Tech play each other, Louisville will play Pitt again. We know what happened last time. I'm kind of hoping that happens again because I'm ready for Louisville to tumble because I've been saying it and I'm going to look like an ass hat if they don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm ready for that to happen. Um, oh, Lordy, here it comes. Yeah. But yeah, Louisville and Georgia Tech tonight. Um, I don't know where Georgia Tech goes after that or if they have a game on Sunday, but I do know that they will be in Clemson next Friday because I would be there. Um, number four, Nebraska plays number six, Ohio state on Sunday at two 30. That's a big match in the big 10, as well as, as far as seeding goes in the big tournament, obviously both of those teams will be there. They're in the top 10. Also worth that noting, game, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say both of these games have implications for both the ACC and Big Ten tournaments, as well as the Big Dance. So these are very critical games, and they're both going to be very fun to watch. Correct. All of these teams will be in the national tournament, no matter what. That's not a question at this point. Um, Absolutely. It's more about their respective conference tournaments. Another thing that is worth noting is that In the ABCA poll, Louisville is five, but in the committee's top 10, Louisville is number two. So as far as overall seeds go in the big tournament, what they do tonight and what they do on Sunday and throughout the rest of the season is going to affect that, I guess, is the point that I'm making. Um. That's what I have for NCAA stuff. Joel, anything from you before we move on? Yes. I want to just point out um, that the Summit League and, well, I'm just going to start nationally. National Signing Day was this week. Was it yesterday or the day before? What day is today? Friday? Today's Friday. So yesterday. Yesterday. Um, was National Signing Day. And so the Summit League and all other conferences 
saw an impressive slate of player commitments for their teams, for their leagues, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we are curious from the seventh rotation point of view and the summit league point of view, who you all are excited about for the signings in the league. So, um, peep everyone's Twitter accounts, uh, each of the different team Twitter accounts, peep the websites for each page and, um, let us know who you're excited about, um, for the incoming class of 23, 2023 signings. That's all I've got for NCAA stuff. All right. Awesome. Um, summit recap from last night. We had three sweeps and one five setter. So USD defeated Kansas City in a sweep. South Dakota State swept Oral Roberts and Denver swept North Dakota, which I found a bit shocking. Not that I didn't expect Denver to win. I just did not expect that one to be a sweep. I don't know about you, but I was like I, keeping up with that. And I was like, no, oh. I also did not really expect that one to be a sweep either. Um, and then North Dakota State and Omaha going five sets. That was an absolute thriller. That um, one was and fun. I, I think that we can expect to see more of that type of play in the conference tournament. Yes. I, I really – I do not think we will see a sweep in the conference tournament. Unless it's a reverse sweep. But I don't think we'll see a sweep. That's just me. I would love I would love for that to be true, actually. Like, I, I would love to be proven right. I feel like you're probably right. I think that a sweep could really shake things up and could be really fun. But I think that you're probably right. It won't happen. I just don't see anyone. We're going to talk at the near the end of this episode about what it looks like going into the conference tournament as it is right now, because it is fairly locked where it is right now. Um, so we're going to talk about that, but I just don't see any of those teams getting swept. I just don't. Then again, North Dakota did it last night, so I don't know. But the tournament environment is obviously different. So anyway, that's what happened last night. Um, Something else really cool happened for North Dakota State last night, if we want to talk yes, about Yes, it did happen, and it was really, really cool. Uh, the Bison recorded a team, not a team high, a season high 73 kills in a five-set match in the five-set match against Omaha. Um, and they had five players scoring over double digits in kills, which was really, really cool. So congrats, Bison. Her Turn is a scholarship program designed to provide sport opportunities to young girls within the Brookings community who may not otherwise have the chance. Recipients of a Her Turn scholarship will be able to attend an SDSU athletic camp of their choice at no cost to their family. Not only will a scholarship recipient attend the athletic camp, but they will also experience a college campus, build relationships, and interact with positive female role models. In addition, Her Turn strives to reduce any barrier families commonly face in sport experiences. Her Turn will work with families to provide transportation to and from the camp, as well as provide necessary equipment to attend the camp. Her Turn is affiliated with the Brookings Foundation. 
If you want to make an impact on young female experiences in sport, you can check out the Her Turn website at herturnsd.org and also donate through the Brookings Foundation website or through Venmo at herturnsd. You can also find Her Turn South Dakota on your regular social media networks with the handle at herturnsd. The seventh rotation crew will be right back. All right, Summit family, you are absolutely getting spoiled uh, with two interviews today. And now we are sitting down with a volleyball coach that has certainly made his mark across the sport in various positions from USA Volleyball to Penn State to Denver and New Mexico, and now up to Grand Forks. It is Coach Jesse Tupac. We are so excited to have you. We appreciate you being here. Uh, the Fighting Hawks are 9-5 and five in the league and 12-13 and 13 overall, with just four matches left to play against arguably the toughest part of the league, with Denver and Omaha at home, and then a trip down I-90 to that other Dakota, as, you know, we refer to each other. My South Dakotans are going to be upset with me for saying that, but I have to play my cards with who I'm with. Um, so, yeah, you have the kind of the tougher part of the league um, coming up. And our first question for you is, There are a handful of names on the current roster that suffered a pretty rough 1-29 season with no conference wins whatsoever last year. Obviously, you're new, along with a handful of roster additions, and you have completely turned the program around. Like, undone the cap size. We are mass success, and we love to see that. And even further, that's had a tremendous impact on the league. We want to know, what's your secret? I think it's uh, it's just trying to, to love what you do and, and love the people that you do it with and, and try to get a little bit better every single day. You get to do something really special, uh, which is play and coach Division One volleyball. And, you know, I know this team last year was, was rough for them, and the year before, you know, they were 2-16 and 16 as well as in the COVID season. And the reality is that, you know, COVID taught a lot of us that, you know, we're, we're just lucky to get to do this every single day to get to come in and play a sport that we love and do with people that we enjoy being around. And so I think part of it was just like, hey, let's just get back to enjoying volleyball and get back to enjoying what we do. If you can do that, then it's really easy to learn and get better. Um, and it turns out it's really fun to do that as well. It's, it's fun to play good volleyball. And so every day we get a little bit better and every day we work really hard. And, and it turns out that that makes the next day even more fun because we're getting to play at an even higher level. We love that. Well, jumping off of that, one of those roster additions is Marissa Stockman, who we are absolutely obsessed with. We love her to the moon and back. How has her ACC experience coming from Florida State helped her personal game as well as what you're trying to accomplish as a team? Yeah, yeah. You know, Marissa is, uh, she's just a special person. Uh, she's got an amazing personality uh, and she's got a lot of fire to the way that she plays when she's on the court. Uh, and- She's had some pretty amazing experiences, you know, from her time at Florida State. And, you know, she even spent her freshman year at Illinois State in the Missouri Valley Conference before that. Uh, so she's got a ton of postseason experience, which was one of the things that we didn't have on this roster uh, before I arrived. And so having someone that's that's kind of lived that life and walked that path, and uh, I think that's really valuable. Um, you know, one of the things that we talked about when I first got here was that we want to play in the postseason, and if you're going to do that, your season's going to be longer. Like you're going to play deep into December rather than deep into November, and just having the 
the mental and the physical fortitude to last longer through a season and to do this really hard thing is important. And so having some people that had experience doing that was something that we thought was invaluable to add to our roster. Perfectly said, honestly, we cannot say enough good things about Marissa. So I'm glad that you feel the same way. Um, so speaking of someone else who has lots of experience playing all over the world and the country and coaching, uh, you've lived, worked, and breathed volleyball pretty much everywhere in the U.S. So why North Dakota and why now? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, uh, <laughs> I have. I've, I've coached on five continents and I've lived in every time zone other than uh, other than Hawaii at this point, coaching collegiately and. Uh, you know, I think there's a few things that just make North Dakota really, really special. Um, and first and foremost is just the resources that we have, both from uh, a financial standpoint, but also from a human standpoint. Uh, we just are so well supported. And both of you know, I mean, the South Dakota schools are very well supported as well with their fan bases. Um, you know, we played North Dakota State on Saturday and we had almost 1,500 people in the stands. Um, I grew up in Southern California. I played at UCLA. And... The men's program at UCLA is the most successful volleyball program in the history of college volleyball. And we were averaging like maybe 500 fans on a good night. Uh, and so when you get to come to a place like Grand Forks, where we have a facility like the Betty, and you get to have 1,500 plus fans screaming their heads off for you as you play, like that's a really special thing. Um, and so I think that's that's really cool um, to be able to provide that kind of quality student athlete experience for for the athletes that come here and, and decide to become fighting Hawks. Um, and then you couple that with the fact that we have amazing support from our administration and the local community outside of volleyball as well. I mean, that's, that's incredible. Um, and then just on a personal level, my, my wife and I, she, you know, I, Kristen is from Iowa and she's got family in Minneapolis and she's got family in Kansas city. And so for us, all the places that we travel to in Collins, we get to see some of our family and that's, that's really special as well, especially because we have moved around so much over the last three years. Do you know if that um, that fifteen hundred in the Betty last week? Do you know if that's an attendance record for UND for volleyball? Uh, you know, actually, in the past, um, back when North Dakota was in the Big Sky, we would have our annual North Dakota State game, and we've actually sold out the Betty multiple times um, for that game, and so we've been at capacity, which I think is, I think it's right around thirty three hundred. Um, is the capacity of the Betty. So we've sold out, I believe, three or four times at the Betty just against North Dakota State, but that was before we were in the Sun League. Wow. I was just curious because I know SDSU and USD both broke attendance records yeah. um, this year. I think USD broke two. They broke like their attendance uh -huh. record ever and then their like regular season yeah. attendance yeah. record. So yeah, I was just curious, but it's definitely, that's something we've been talking about and something that we talked to Jen Lopez about earlier was just the growing... Um, in general in the Midwest. And we'll get into that in a second, but I'll let Joel ask his um, next question. All right. So you've got a couple more tough matches ahead of you this week. And then the tournament after that, this is your first year at the helm for the fighting Hawks. Uh, so how are you celebrating with your squad? Cause obviously the, the major turnaround that you have had and the very well play that you have shown like, that's that's deserving of celebration and it's never too early to celebrate like you're at this point most likely going to be in the conference tournament so we should be celebrating so what are you doing to celebrate yeah i think it's just kind of like we talked about earlier just loving what you do 
we all play volleyball or are involved with volleyball because we love the sport. Um, and we, we got into it somehow and in some way, and we all have a kind of a different story of how we got into it, but it's this, this thing that we share. And we're, you're right, we're having a year that's pretty special for this program. Um, prior to this season, the most regular season Summit League wins that North Dakota had ever had was six, and we're at nine. Um, so that's pretty special. It's, it's fun to be able to go out on the court and say every day that we're making history and doing something that's never been done before. Um, and there's a lot more left, too. We've got four great matches against Denver and Omaha and, and South Dakota uh-huh, State and uh-huh. South Dakota. That's the Summit League tournament right there. So for us, it feels like we're getting this really sweet preview before we go down on Thanksgiving to Omaha to play all of these teams again. It's just another chance for us to pick the lock and, and try to find some solutions, both with how we're trying to attack them and how we're going to defend how they attack us and see if we can find a couple little uh, little pro hacks that might help, help us out over Thanksgiving. Definitely. We're definitely excited for Thanksgiving this year. Um, it's it's going to be an absolute mad dash, and we cannot wait. So I mentioned, well, it is. I mean, come on. Um, I mentioned that we talked to Jen Lopez earlier today and got to discuss the rivalry between your schools, the in-state rivalry. Um, we just want your take on that. We want to know how have the successes of your program and the successes of her program kind of motivated each other and also uplifted the league. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's really special to have, as the two of you know from the schools that, that you come from, uh, to have those in-state rivalries. Uh, you know, I grew up, like I mentioned, I grew up in Los Angeles, and the UCLA-USC rivalry is a really big one for me when I was a kid. Um, and I got to be honest, the Midwest does rivalries in college way better than anywhere else in the world. Uh, they just crush it. And so having that North Dakota and North Dakota State rivalry is really special, uh, especially since we get to play each other in conference. So we get that home and home series every single year and uh, yeah it was fun to go down to Fargo and uh, to have a standing room only crowd and we got to play them at their place and to, to go the distance and go five and then they came back up here and we got five we went five again um, and uh, you know it makes it even more special that both teams are having really good years and are competing not only to be in the summer league tournament but competing for really good seeding uh, within that tournament and uh, yeah it's it's really cool. It's really cool that we have that and that our fans are so passionate about it and provides that, that awesome experience for us now. Well, it's been really fun to watch. So I'm sure being in it, it's even more fun. Um, our last question for you, Jesse, is a fun one. So according to your bio on the, like, Fighting Hawks website, you graduated with an English degree and a concentration in creative writing. So I'm curious, do you still write? And do you ever find a way to use your creative writing skills in coaching? And great question. Um, you know, I don't write as much anymore. I do try to, coaches are like notoriously uh, into reading any sort of nonfiction we possibly can. And so I try to <laughs> read some fiction as well, because um, that definitely helps stimulate my brain in other ways. But, um, you know, I think I think the reality is that if you want to be a really good teacher, it helps to be able to teach in stories and to help find things that resonate with the learners that you're trying to work with in a way that most uh, most accurately drives them into the thing that you're trying to talk about. And so um, the ability to, to use narrative and to use storytelling in coaching, I think is actually a really valuable skill. And so 
I found that it actually has been incredibly helpful um, to help me connect with different athletes or different teams at different times when when things have come up, both on, on the volleyball court and off the court as well. You know, we, we're, te we're teaching volleyball, but um, we're also trying to get better at being good humans and being good people as well. Um, sports are really nice. Uh, vehicle to have some of those conversations for that kind of stuff as well absolutely well that we was that. a better answer than i could have ever imagined so <laughs> at least you didn't get asked about ben affleck and jennifer lopez because that's what coach jen lopez had to deal with i really nothing thought about it and i just I just let it die. I was like, that is, that's pushing it for me. I was like, I'm not, I'm just not going to go there. <laughs> See, and I already sang once in this episode. So I was like, I can't rap now. I propose a rap battle at the end of the season. <laughs> that would be, that would be Between Jesse and I? Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth Norris loves to rap, so you might be able to convince her one time. That is perhaps Ooh. my new favorite fun fact. I am obsessed with that. Okay. Yeah, we're going to have a whole, like, um, musical inspiration interview with Elizabeth Norris. We need yes, to know who her correct. inspirations are, like, where she draws her rhymes from. Yeah, it's going to be great. All right. Before we get wildly off topic, we will go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, UND will finish the season at home this week versus Denver and Omaha and then on the road next week at both of the South Dakota schools. Coach Jesse, thank you so much for being here. We had a glorious time and we wish you luck in the rest of the season and we will see you in a few weeks. Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate it. All right, folks, that is Coach Jesse Tupac of the North Dakota Fighting Hawks. We will be right back. We are back. We had a wonderful time sitting down with Coach Jesse Tupac. Um, am still unclear on his rapping skills. I, I maybe they're there, maybe they're not. I feel like he's gonna give us a show. You think so? I think so. I think he and Elizabeth Norris and really that's just it and you I'm, right well i'm a terrible rapper but if i need to commit i will commit i just will be put to shame by those two i just i just know it i actually kind of want to see this hello 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 of course you do <laughs> I what think is that, that supposed to mean it just like makes sense because that's like so your humor like you would absolutely die laughing the entire time if the three of us were rapping. Plus, it would just be fun. It would just be fun. Oh, I thought you meant like you embarrassing yourself as my humor. And I was like, mm, that's a little harsh. Mm, it's not incorrect. Not really, no. It's not incorrect. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't really get embarrassed easily. So like, I just kind of put myself out there and do whatever and like have fun with it. That's actually a great assessment and mindset. I think that it takes me a sec to get comfortable, but once I, sometimes I just do. It depends how much liquid courage is involved as well, you know. Yeah, heard that. Stuff happens. <laughs> Been there, done that. Um, yeah. Let's talk about your list of 
players. I thought you'd never ask. Just kidding. I totally knew that you would ask. Um, I felt like this week I wasn't going to have many players to watch because we're just at that point in the season. But I felt like the players to watch this week all deserved it. Um, And this actually is just players from last night's games with the exception of our two Ticket Smarter Players of the Week. But because we did not have them when we recorded last and we uploaded our Tuesday episode, I wanted to make sure that we highlighted them. So players to watch this week are Crystal Burke from South Dakota State. She is our Offensive Ticket Smarter Player of the Week. And then Lola Weideman from USD is the Defensive Ticket Smarter Player of the Week. Week. So congratulations to the two of you. Both of you have obviously um, been showing up all season, but getting uh, this accolade is really impressive. And so we wanted to make sure that we shared that out. Um, my other players to watch this week are obviously Elizabeth Junkie because she is now the program record holder for kills in a single season in five with 578. Um, she recorded that last night. She actually only needed one kill in last night's match against Kansas City to reach that record. She was tied with the former record. And so in her first kill of the match, she was able to break that record. And then she had 20 more. So um, 578 kills for Elizabeth Junkie this season in her junior um, tenure, junior campaign, whatever you want to call it. She's a junior? Yes. Oh my God. This is like Hannah Sherman 2.0. Correct. Yes. All right. Well, lovely. Yes. Um, also from USD, Madison Harms recorded six kills on 10 attempts to hit 600 against the Ruse last night. Um, I just really feel anyone who hits over five deserves a player to watch. Oh, like recap. So Madison Harms, good on ya. Way to go. Keep throwing down. Um, Jordan Lockwood from Denver, congrats girl, 13 kills and five blocks in three sweet, uh, sets to sweep UND. Like, I feel like that's really impressive for three, uh, sets. So congrats, Jordan. Keep doing your thing. Gianna Bertalo, um, you had a team high nine digs against UND. Um, again, like nine digs, like you can have a ton of digs, but like when, you're sweeping in three sets. Like any time that you are like around 10 of anything in three sets, I'm impressed by. So nine digs, way to go, Gianna. And last but certainly not least, we have Shayla McCormick from Omaha recording a double-double with 15 kills and 11 digs in the five-set match against North Dakota State. Um, I just always love when people get double-doubles. So uh, Shayla McCormick, we love you, girl. Keep doing your thing. I was going to say, mm. I just love Shayla McCormick. I like every time Correct. Omaha tweets, it's about Shayla McCormick. <laughs> like, I know. She's just, yeah. Exactly. Love I love her. Um, so those are my players to watch this week. And um, I know we're getting down to the wire here and I know that we're repeating players. Uh, but this week's list was longer than I had anticipated, which tells me that even though we're getting down to the end of the season, like we're still performing. And I just love that. 
Yeah. I think as we get into the conference tournament as well, this like kind of reflects something I said earlier in this season with like distribution of wealth, but like some of these teams are going to have to start using other people. Not that they're not using other people, but I just think that they're the conference tournament is a place where like literally every player on the court matters. And we talk about that all mm-hmm. the time anyway, mm-hmm. that every, mm-hmm. that that's something Christy Posey said, like everyone matters all the time. Um, and that's in volleyball. That's not just, a good mindset to make all your players feel like they matter. Like they literally every little thing matters. And I think that some of these other girls are going to have to step up or are going to, you know, get their opportunity to step up. And I think someone like just speaking just in SDSU terms, it took me how many episodes to mention Sydney Andrews. And she's a huge reason, even if it's two blocks a night, she's a huge reason why the Jacks can go to Fargo and beat North Dakota state on the road. Same thing with Ella Thompson. It's like, there's these other girls and and they exist on every single team. Those are just, you know, jackrabbit examples. Like there are are other women on each team that do so much that don't necessarily get recognized. So Mm -hmm. pay attention during tournament time because there's going to be other people. Like it's hard to beat Elizabeth junkies. 578 kills this season with three matches left plus the conference tournament plus likely the NCAA tournament and more time to add to that total like it's hard to beat that she's obviously the standout but that doesn't mean she's not doing it by herself that's all I'm saying I love that point for sure because I I just I look at a tournament like a tournament what is it called tournament all, all tournament teams. That's what I'm looking for. Wow, that was difficult to get out. Um, and they always choose like a defensive player, an offensive player, like whatever. Like they always choose an all tournament team. And you always are shocked by the one person that's on that. Like you usually have the standout, standout stars like the Elizabeth Junkies or the Crystal Burks. You usually like in basketball, it's the Hannah Shervins, the Chloe Liams, the Maya Sellens. But like there's always, always one person that you're like, where did they come from? Like, you know, thinking basketball last year, just like Haley Timmer from SDSU, the freshman who was like, just came out of nowhere during the tournament. Like, you know, obviously this is not ba- uh, the basketball podcast. So we're talking volleyball here, but join that like, one if you want. I need a host. Like Thanks. when you think of tournament time, everyone does matter. And you are always going to see those people rise up because they have to. And because it's so important that coaches aren't going to keep their key players in for the entire time because they need them to rest. They need them to be ready for the next game. So you're going to have opportunities for people to show up and to make some moves and to make some waves that they haven't done all season. Or maybe they have done all season, but just have been overshadowed. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We are going to move into our interview with the cooler and more awesome J-Lo, head coach Jennifer Lopez of North Dakota State. And we will be back after that. (music) 
All right, Summit family, it is time for another seventh rotation sit down. And this time with the coach that returned to her alma mater as an assistant in 2015 before becoming the interim and eventually official head coach in 2017. She was a standout setter and ranks among the school's top 10 in assists, assists per set, and digs per set. If you haven't guessed it yet, it is North Dakota State University's head volleyball coach, Jennifer Lopez. Coach Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. We are so excited to have you. We are just going to dive right in. So our first question is, um, your squad is 18 and 8 overall and 11 and 3 in the league. You have not been swept this year, which is a huge accomplishment. And you're currently sitting in third with plenty of breathing room as far as just qualifying for the conference tournament goes. And this comes after a seventh place finish and missing the tournament last year. What changes have been made and who or what do you credit with the massive turnaround this season? Um, you know, not a whole lot of changes were made. Um, we have a lot of returners from last year who played prominent roles that did a lot. Um, but I truly say, and I'll say this every single time, the amount of work that our kids did in the off season um, this past year um, was phenomenal for, I think for them. Um, that's from a team culture standpoint. That's from a training standpoint, getting better and stronger in the weight room um, and how that's really kind of, benefited and aided us in just being an overall well-rounded athlete um in our 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 team dynamic and our team culture really has allowed us to get through the ups and downs that every team experiences during a season and in both good ways and bad ways um but it's it's helping us to continue to move forward and get better and um, really do some good things, which has made this season really fun for us as coaches, but also fun for our players as well. So jumping off of that, we have a listener question from our very devoted question writer named Troy. Um, and he says, NDSU is one of the few teams in the conference with a lot of returning starters from the previous year. So A, how are you able to keep the team together with the transfer portal so active? And B, do you feel like this was one of the main factors um, in your success this season, jumping from seventh place to being a title contender? Yeah, no, it definitely has. Um, you know, our we, we've, we talk a lot about at NDSU, um, you know, you bring in the right kids and the right kids are what are going to help sustain your program. And, you know, the transfer process is not an easy one. And I would say that from a volleyball standpoint, but that's across the board for every sport. Um, but we do some really good things here at NDSU and, you know, to fit that culture and to fit that, fit that mold is tough. And being able to sustain and and bring back as many kids as we did do um is something that I truly do think is is such a such a positive thing and says a lot about our team um their dynamic their relationships with each other their relationships with us as coaches and trying to get better every single day and their buy-in not just to their team and to their self but to the university and athletics department and as scary as that area of our jobs right now is, um, you know, you kind of were fortunate to have the right kids in the right places and, and just the people that they are to help sustain us in the long run. Great. 
I'll take the next question here. Um, we've seen your players leading stat lines, making headlines in various ways this season. I imagine that practice feels very disciplined, driven, focused for them to compete the way that they do in games. Can you talk to us about what it's like coaching a team of this caliber and how they challenge themselves, how they challenge each other, and how they challenge you to be better? I would say every day, um, and, we, and we talk about it as a team, every day we're looking to get better whether that's as an individual, whether that's as a position group, whether that's us as coaches um, and being able to celebrate your successes, but also own your mistakes. And we really are um, through our process and through our relationships with our players, very open about all of those things. And I think it really has driven individuals on our team to take ownership to be held accountable in, in a lot of good ways, but um, it, it's really helped them to gain that confidence and kind of reach that success that they're all hoping, hoping to have throughout their career. Um, we've had a lot of kids step up this year and be able to kind of maintain that focus, whether that's from the offensive side or defensive side um, and have seen so much growth and improvement um, as players and, but also as a team. And so, you know, every individual is doing their best to be better, um, to challenge themselves, but knowing that they're doing it for their team, um, and making their team better in the process. And I think the mindset of putting the team first, um, and working through those things, I think has really allowed us to, see so much more out of our kids than we have been able to in the previous years. That was a perfect answer. I am always <laughs> curious about that stuff because Maddie and I talk a lot um, about how volleyball is such a team sport, like unless it's like a solo block or a service ace or something, everything comes down to other people being involved. And so I'm always curious to see how teams function together individually, you know, dynamically as a group. It's really cool. So thanks for answering that. Absolutely. Um, so with two-ish weeks until the Summit League tournament, there's got to be some pressure to keep performing at the clip that you have been all season. So what are you doing to maintain morale and energy going forward? I wouldn't say pressure. I would call it more excitement for our team. Um, you know, just very Love excited that. to be in the position we are and competing and doing some things and being able to continue to do things well kind of throughout the season. And not to say that we haven't had our bumps in the road, um, but learning from them and getting better every single day. And I think, you know, our group right now is just extremely driven Um to reach their goals and to do some really successful things here. And I think taking one day at a time, and I know that's cliche to say, um, but really focusing on the day, making the day better, and then we attack the next day. Um, and we've had a really good mindset about that as we've gone into these last couple of weeks, but also as we look forward to. It certainly makes for great volleyball. Um, I uh -huh. mean, if, if the league, if the tournament was today, that those top six are <laughs> anything could happen. So we I'm sure that's a little bit nerve wracking for you, but we are certainly <laughs> enjoying it um, to its fullest extent. 
Yeah. Um, Jesse Tupac at UND is a great example of how quickly a program can turn around. And we personally, Joel and I personally feel that that's helped the league in so many ways. Um, both matches between UND and your team have gone five sets this season, and you ended up splitting those um, with one win apiece. Talk a little bit about the in-state rivalry and just the success of both of your groups and how you maybe motivate each other. I think the best thing that both teams are being able to do is really bring forth volleyball to the state of North Dakota. And, you know, we've both had our ups and downs over the last couple of years um, with those successes. But I think what we're both trying to do is figure out how to make our programs better, but also how to continue to compete at a really high level in the Summit League. And I think both of our teams being able to have an off season and train and do that, I think has really helped us um, get to the point where both of our squads are at. Um, I think it's really exciting and it's a little different for me having been a student athlete at NDSU, having been part of the community. I understand probably more so than a lot do um, the rivalry and the history between NDSU and UND. And it's something that's really fun, whether we're here in Fargo, whether we're up north in Grand Forks, um, communities come out and show out and, you know, really give both teams like support and excitement in their uh, venues. And so to be able to to have that in place, but also be able to sustain and play for something sometimes that's bigger than just the game itself, bringing the history in, bringing alumni and doing it for like communities, because it really is a community game, um, is something really fun. And I'm so glad that both teams and our team especially got to experience that this year um, in really good atmospheres and environments to compete in. Yeah, if there's one thing that y'all are doing, it is certainly bringing the camaraderie and community of North Dakota together for the love of college athletics. So keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so this is our last question. It's our fun question. Um, so we affectionately refer to you as J-Lo here at the 7th <laughs> Rotation Podcast. Um, so we're dying to know, what's your favorite J-Lo song and or movie? And do you have an opinion about her being back with Ben Affleck? <laughs> <laughs> so I was in elementary school when she was really like becoming popular. And at that time, I had no idea who she was, um, but I quickly learned. Um, and I would say it is, I mean, it is kind of fun. Um, I, my favorite song is probably Jenny from the Block, just because yes. it's so iconic. And, you know, it's a fun song to dance to, too. So it kind of um, lightens the mood. Movie? Gosh, that's a tough one, too. I would say probably at this time, like, Made in Manhattan is always like a fun movie to put on. Um, and so it's kind of a staple as well. But, you know, I would say having a name as someone that has done something so well in society and culture and as a person, I think it's, I'm glad I can help represent and bring her name into a different light as well. Um, so it is fun. Um, and I take no offense to people calling me JLo as well. <laughs> Okay, that makes us like feel a little bit better because we've definitely been doing it 
um, all season. And even when Troy, when he DM'd us with a question, he was like, okay, here's my questions for JLo. And I was like, uh-oh, it's catching on. So, like, I hope that she's, like, okay with that because we've started a trend. Colvians, we'll mark that one down as approved then in our little book of nicknames. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you um, so much for being here with us and opening up about your team um, and your opinions on JLo and Ben Affleck. And um, NDSU, I can't believe you asked. I literally read that question as he was asking it. And I was like, you're kidding. Um, I love that. <laughs> this I is where that. my pop culture love interests comes into my sports love interest. It's it's an intersectionality, you know? <laughs> It just because it bridges the gap and very seamlessly <laughs> using the word intersectionality does not make it okay anyways <laughs> let's run we will discuss this on the episode um ndsu will host omaha and denver on thursday and saturday this week and finish out the regular season next week at uh usd and sdsu coach thank you so much again for being here we really appreciate it Hey, thank you both so much. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. We so appreciate it. All right. That's Coach Lopez of NDSU. We will be right back. We just got done chatting with the infamous Jennifer Lopez, J-Lo from North Dakota State University. And I, every time I like call her J-Lo, I just want to sing J-Lo songs. So I just have to say to all of you, we're going to get on the floor um, and uh, watch you all for the Summit League tournament. I had to do it. I had to do it. I had to do it. (laughs) That was like dad, like joke level though. That was like, okay. You hate me. Cool. <laughs> I, in no universe, could I ever hate you. <laughs> you literally crack me up. I just had to do it. I know you did. Um, Just like you had <sighs> to ask her about Ben Affleck. I absolutely did. <laughs> I can't be tamed. This is why I need to proof the interview notes before we just get on. I did not see the question until like two minutes before we asked it. And then I was like, it's a freaking good one. It was such a good good question. question. Didn't she dodge it? I don't know that she actually answered it. She didn't answer Ben Affleck. I don't think listening back. I don't think that she answered the Ben Affleck part of it, but she did answer her favorite movie and her favorite song. So I will take it. I'll take it. Okay. All right. Let's talk about Saturday in the Summit. Tomorrow, we have five matches. We will start with Western Illinois at St. Thomas at 11. Then Omaha at North Dakota, also at 11. That game on Midcoast Sports Plus this time. Denver at North Dakota State at 1. South Dakota at Oral Roberts at 1 on the ORU Sports Network. And then the single most important game um, of the weekend is the South Dakota State University at Kansas City game. 
why is it the single most important? We're going to tell you. As it stands right now, South Dakota, North Dakota State, Omaha, Denver, and North Dakota are in the tournament. They cannot miss the tournament at this point. Um, even though North Dakota is nine and seven, I think they are. They they are in. They're in. Those five teams are in, no matter what. The only thing North Dakota is in danger of is being a six seed if they were to lose out and SDSU were to win out. Not that that is bad because they're still in the tournament. It just means that they get the three seed first instead of the four. And like we already talked about, the seeds are not going to mean literally anything anyway. If you've been watching the league this season, the seeds do not matter. So USD, NDSU, Omaha, Denver, and UND are in. Oral Roberts is out, as are Western and St. Thomas. SDSU and Kansas City are the two teams battling for the sixth spot. SDSU is likely in, but they need to beat Kansas City tomorrow to secure that. If they beat Kansas City tomorrow, they're in. That's it. It's over for Kansas City. Because Kansas City is three games behind SDSU. And there's three games left. If Kansas City wins tomorrow, that puts Kansas City two games behind SDSU and hands SDSU a loss. In that situation, can Kansas City still get in? Yes, if SDSU loses out the rest of the season against, who do they have, North Dakota and North Dakota State? If if SDSU loses out, loses to Kansas City tomorrow and loses both games next week against the North Dakota schools and Kansas City wins tomorrow and then goes on to win the rest of the season, that would create a tie for sixth place. We break ties with head-to-head. I confirmed this this morning with the Summit League office <laughs> to make sure that I, we knew what we were talking about. So the first tiebreaker rule is head-to-head. And I was like, well, then what happens? Because they split on the season. If Kansas City wins tomorrow, they don't split the season because Kansas City beat SDSU at home earlier in September and started their five match, or maybe it was October, and started their five match win streak. So if Kansas City beats SDSU tomorrow, proceeds to win out, and SDSU proceeds to lose lose out, they are tied for six, but Kansas City is in because they beat SDSU twice this season. I know you're thinking this sounds like a lot of like moving parts that need to happen and it is, but it's not as unlikely as it seems. SDSU has to play Kansas city and then host North Dakota state and North Dakota, two teams that are secured into the tournament. They did just beat NDSU, but anything can happen. That's a tough schedule. Kansas city has to play SDSU and then go on the road, but to St. Thomas and Western Illinois. Two matches they've already won and can win again. And can probably sweep. So what really the, the biggest thing is Kansas City, if we're if we're talking in a, a Rue perspective, Kansas City needs to beat SDSU tomorrow first. And then go take care of business next week and sit and wait and hope that 
SDSU fails to take care of business. If that happens, Kansas City's in. If SDSU wins one out of their next three matches, they're in and it's over for Kansas City. So SDSU has a lot less pressure. But they'll have a lot more if they lose to Kansas City tomorrow. That is wild. I mean, like, I knew that there was, like, major implications here between these two teams, but I did not know how the tiebreakers were determined and that Kansas City would be going to the con- to the conference tournament. If they That's... can get themselves into a tie with SDSU, then they're in. Yeah. That's wild. It's hard being a jackrabbit. It's hard for me to think about it from a non-biased perspective. Um, like nobody knows what's going to happen. I don't know if the jacks are going to win. They could lose. They've done it before. Like they, that could happen. But it's hard for me to not think like, oh, they're going to win, especially coming off the three to one in Fargo. Like it would make sense that they would beat NDSU at home. But I, you just never know. It's all about who's on and how, you know, can you stay in system? Are you clicking with each other? How's your communication? Is your setter connecting with your hitters? Like all of that stuff can go any way on any given day. So I don't yeah. know. But Kansas City, I, I would say Kansas City's home record does not reflect it. But having seen them play at home, I feel like Kansas City is tough at home. And after they beat SDSU on the road, like their heads should be up because they're capable of beating SDSU, especially in the Sweeney Center. So I don't know. And I'm going to be working a freaking football game and not even able to watch this happen. (laughs) Darn jobs always getting in the way of our hobbies. I know. I w- I'm going to set my phone up in the guest services booth. I'll have Lois I, watch it for me. I love that. That's a great idea. Yeah. That will be like peak entry time too. Like people are going to be trying to get into the game. Screaming Ugh. at me. That's obnoxious. So obnoxious. So one thing we'll talk about a little bit more next week when we know... Well, I guess guess it's really going to depend whether we know or not. I was going to say when we know who all is in the tournament, but if SDSU loses tomorrow, we won't know tomorrow. We won't know. Um, But regardless, we can talk about those other five schools. They're, like I said, they're in, but they're not locked in their positions. Right. Um, USD right now is 14 and one, North Dakota State's 12 and three. North Dakota State could win two and USD could lose two, creating a tie. And then they would need to go head to head and break it down and see where um, where they can break that tie for who gets the one seed and who gets the two. And it looks like at North Dakota State on September 27th, USD lost three to two. That was their, okay, that's their only conference loss. Yeah. So, USD needs to beat North Dakota State next week at home in Vermilion if they want to secure that number one seat. Right. If they don't and they happen to lose their other match against North Dakota, which they could, um, 
then and North Dakota State wins, then North Dakota State gets the one seed. Right. So these other like USD, NDSU, Omaha, Denver, North Dakota, they're all in, but they're now fighting for seeds. And the reason that I said North Dakota's in danger is because if they lose three and SDSU wins, then SDSU gets the five and UND gets the six. But again, are the seeds really going to matter? I, I don't know. The one and two get a bye. They don't have to play in the quarterfinal round. So that helps. But as far as three through six, they've all been battling each other all year anyway. Yeah. We've seen three to ones and five set matches. So I really don't think it's going to make a difference. It's going to be a tough conference tournament, I think, no matter what. Yeah. We're going to have so much to type. We're literally going to be typing nonstop. Then at the same time, I feel like we're going to be too, like, enveloped in the action and be like, oh, shit, we forgot to write this article. <laughs> LOL. Probably. Probably. <laughs> I'm excited. I don't know about you It's guys. No, it's going to be so good. So excited. I'm excited for tomorrow, too, to just to see what happens between SDSU and Kansas City. Yeah. We could know tomorrow or it could come down to literally the last match next Saturday. It's going to be a, it's like, I feel like this is like watching the election results. I'm just like stressed no, and anxious real. and it could literally go any way. That's how I feel right now. I do still you want to go live I've, during this election show? That would be fun. We could do that. We should do that. That's next Sunday. No, well, it's Sunday after the tournament. Sunday after the tournament. Yeah, yeah. That's what. So I when mean. we get back, not to next Seagulls. Sunday, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be fun. That could be fun. I'm excited to see who ends or do up like where. a Twitter space or something. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, we should do that. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, we should do that. That would be fun. I mean parting thoughts i don't think i have any parting thoughts today um i just am excited because we've got some big games this this weekend honestly this week (laughs) i am like nervous in the best way like i can feel it like in my stomach like this is crazy and it's exciting some of you are probably like really over Summit League Volleyball. Yes, over Summit League Volleyball. Get over it. Get over it. Get over it. Well. I think that that's all she wrote. We will be back to our normal schedule next week. Um, we... Unless we are reached out to, we believe that we are through with coach interviews for the season. So it's just us in all of our glory. We will be breaking down Saturday's matches um, and previewing next week's matches on the episode next week. And we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming on Thursdays. After that, though... 
I believe, I don't know if we talked about this, but we should drop on Wednesday before the tournament. So that will be an earlier episode because obviously yeah. on Thursday, we're all going to be at the tournament. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Also, here's knocking on wood, praying to the Lord above that Madison's flight does not get messed up because I'm literally flying in on Thursday morning. And I'd be really sad if I tried like Wednesday night. Um, but the only Southwest flight is like gets in at like 10 something on Wednesday morning. And I'm not about to do that. So yeah, I'm flying in on Thursday morning. So we'll see how that goes. I just want to get there safely, but also in time. Correct. Correct. All right, friends. Well, we'll see you later. And don't forget to do what? Hashtag stay on the summit. Hashtag stay on the summit. Bye.